0: you would please stand together as we share in the reading of uh, God's Word. This morning looking at a portion of Matthew chapter 25 verses 34 through 40. Would you join together as we read the Gospel? Then the King will say to those on his right, Come you who will receive good things from my Father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who were righteous replied to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty, and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger, and welcome you? Or naked, and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? Then the king replied to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. People, this is the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. Thank you. You may be seated. We have spent most of Advent focusing on the birth of Jesus. Therefore, we've, uh, we've spent a good bit of time in the Nativity story, which we find in the second chapter of, of Luke. We've talked about angels. We've focused on Mary and Joseph. We have reflected on their journey to Bethlehem. We've talked about shepherds and and wise men. And for the last three Sundays of Advent, now the fourth, we have basically immersed ourselves in the story of Jesus coming into the world. Today's passage is also about Jesus coming into the world, but with somewhat of a twist. You see, the passage we read just a moment ago is is not about his first coming, but it's about his second coming. Now, Jesus couldn't speak about much of anything at his first coming. He was kind of young, couldn't talk. But he has a lot to say and speaks very clearly about his second coming. And what he says gives us An insight, I believe, into how we can best celebrate his birth. Now, you recognize the passage we read a moment ago. It's a very familiar passage. But in order to really understand the dynamics of what we read and to understand its application for us today, we really have to go back and look at a few verses preceding the ones that we just read. And so what I want to ask you to do is let's take this moment and find a Bible either that you brought with you or one that's in the pew in front of you. And let's look together at at Matthew chapter 25, and we'll begin with verse 31 instead of the passage we read a moment ago. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Now, this is Jesus speaking about himself and about that time when he is coming into the world for the second time. And he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Here again, he's talking about his return. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then he will say, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Now, for the past few Sundays, we have been thinking about a better way to do Christmas. And uh, let me just recap very quickly what we've said, that uh, if you've kind of grown weary of, of, of all the hoopla and the hype and the stress and the anxiety of, of the way we've been told we're supposed to celebrate Christmas, uh, there's got to be a better way. Just what we've said so far is, number one, use this time to worship the hope of Christmas, which is Christ. Worship the hope, not the hype. Lots of hype out there. Worship the hope. Secondly, we said go easy on the spending. Don't feel obligated or pressured by all the ads to just go into debt and destroy your credit card balance. Just go easy on the spending. And then, second, then thirdly, we said, uh, when you think about the gifts you're going to give, give gifts that matter most. And basically, we talked about the gifts we give our families, and the gifts that matter most are not something made in USA or China or Japan or whatever, but ourselves give ourselves to one another. This morning, I want to share a final suggestion for how to experience Christmas more fully. And this suggestion flows from the passage that we just read. Here it is. This year, it's not too late, decide to love outside your circle. I have a circle around me. You have a similar circle around you. While you think about your circle, let me tell you about my circle. The people in my circle are the ones that I am the closest to and love the most. The people in my circle are the ones that I care about the most. They are the ones that I most look forward to spending time with. Now, not all the people in my circle have always been in my circle. Three of them have come into my circle over the last few years when they married one of my three sons. Now they're in my circle. Five of the people in my circle have, were born into my circle uh, over the last 12 years as they were born in, into, as grandchildren uh, into my life. My circle, by the way, is about to be expanded yet again in a few months as another grandson He's added to my circle. I feel my greatest sense of responsibility and accountability to the people in my circle. Now, I actually have a larger circle that includes friends, it includes church family and whatnot, but that inner circle is by far the most important circle in my life. But, there's somebody else in my life that is not in my circle. And they're not in my circle because he is above it. He is bigger than my circle. His name is Jesus. He is my Lord He's my Savior. He's the one to whom I've yielded my heart and hopefully, day by day, seek to do His will in my life. And Jesus gives me instructions on how to live my life. And one of the things He says to me is this. Stuart, you can't just care about the people in your circle. There are people who don't have a circle. There are people who used to be in someone's circle, but now they are outside of anyone's circle. They are hungry. They are lonely. They are aging. They are poor. They're on the street, they're in prison, they're sick, they struggle with addictions, they're hurting. Stuart, your circle is foremost in your life. I get that. But it's not meant to be all you care about. If you love me, you'll see beyond your circle. And you will love people outside of it. Now, what does that have to do with how we celebrate Christmas? If you think about it, so much of our focus, so much of what we do, so so much of the, the, the gifts and the preparations that we involve in at this time of the year So much of it is focused on people inside our circle. And that's understandable. But what if this year we decided to love outside the circle? Imagine how much different our Christmas could be and how much more rewarding this Christmas could be if instead of simply spending the month of December asking, what am, I going to get, what am I going to get the kids for Christmas? What am I going to get my brother? What am I going to get my sister? What am I going to get my wife? What am I going to get my husband? What am I going to get mom? What am I going to get dad for Christmas? Instead of thinking about all that, additionally, you ask yourself, what am I going to give? What can I do for someone outside my circle this year? Now, I know that many of us are doing that already. Uh, many of you participated in the Joy Tree uh, ministry that we've run the last few weeks where you took a, a name off the tree and you purchased a gift for a child in the community. That's great. And we're, we're already, a lot of us are already doing that. But could we do more? And if we haven't, if we haven't done anything like that, what could you do to love outside your circle? I, I heard a great example of, of one family and how they decided... To love outside their circle. Each year at Christmas, in that family, there's a white envelope that's placed in the tree. Now, there's no name on it, there's no identification on it, it's just there, and it's there every Christmas. Here's how it started the husband in the family, the father, hated what Christmas had become. You know, he was just fed up with. Uh, the need to overextend yourself and buy and buy and buy and the, the self-indulgence of it, it it's commercialization. He it, it just got to where he didn't want to participate that in that anymore. And so his wife decided one Christmas to bypass the, the traditional sweaters and ties and shirts and give him a gift that was special. Their son, Kevin, was uh, on a junior wrestling team, and about a week or two before Christmas, they had a wrestling match with a non-league team from the inner city, sponsored by an inner city church. And when they got to the meet, it was obvious that this inner city team, these boys, they were not nearly as privileged, didn't have nearly the resources of Kevin's team. I mean... They didn't have bright, shiny, professional-looking uniforms. Their their sneakers looked like they were held together by by shoestrings. They were tattered and worn. And and the mother, she was watching the wrestling match, noticed that none of the boys on this this inner-city team had any headgear. And that's what prompted the idea of the gift. Now, Kevin's team that day destroyed this, these inner-city boys. I mean, they, they uh, the other team didn't win a single match, and, and even though the inner-city kids tried to act like it didn't bother them, you could tell they were just demoralized. And so Mike, Mike said to his family, you know, I just wish that one of them could have at least won one match, because... You know, the way they lost, that is just so demoralizing. They've got so much potential, but that kind of a loss can just you know, take the wind out of their sails and just keep them, keep them demoralized. And that's when the mother had the idea for, for what she could do. So here's how she tells what happens next. That afternoon, I went to a local sporting goods store and I bought an assortment of wrestling headgear and shoes, and sent them anonymously to the inner city church. On Christmas Eve, I placed an envelope on the tree with a note inside telling Mike what I had done. And I told him that this is my gift to you. He said, she said, Mike's face just lit up and it was the greatest gift that he had gotten. And it has become, that white envelope has become the highlight of our Christmas. It's the most anticipated thing we do every year. And she said, I've, I've continued that tradition every year. She said, uh, the following year, uh, I, we made it possible to send a, a group of mentally challenged teenagers to a hockey game. Another Christmas, uh, I gave a check to, to two elderly brothers whose home had just burned down of the week before Christmas. She goes on to say that that white envelope became the highlight of every Christmas morning. It was always the last gift to be opened and the most anticipated. She goes on, several years ago, we lost Mike to cancer. When Christmas rolled around, I was so wrapped up in my own grief that I barely even got the tree decorated. On Christmas Eve, I placed an envelope on the tree just like I always did. In the morning, it was joined by three more. Each of our sons had placed an envelope on the tree for their dad. She says the tradition continues to this day. As we do something, we love outside our circle for the sake of, of of somebody else. And I thought, you know, what a beautiful tradition for a family to do at Christmas time. And as I was reading that, I'm thinking, why didn't something like that occur to me, you know, 30 years ago when our kids were little? And I thought, well, it's not too late. That's loving outside your circle. Sometimes opportunities to love outside our circle come by accident, we don't even plan them. Did you hear what happened this past Thanksgiving to Wanda Dench? Wanda is grandmother, and she was preparing a big Thanksgiving feast for all of her family. And so she texts a message to her grandson inviting him to dinner for Thanksgiving. Well, what she didn't understand or didn't realize was that that cell number was no longer her grandson's. And so this text message invitation to Thanksgiving dinner went to a total stranger it went to a person named it went to a 17 year old kid named Jamal Hinton now the two of them linked up by way of phone he called the woman when he when he got this text message he was confused so Jamal calls and they pretty soon figure out that there's a mistake here you see Wanda is a 70 something year old white woman and Jamal Was a 17 year old black teenager. And so they had a little laugh about it. And then before they hung up the phone, Jamal said, Well, ma'am, if you don't mind, can I still come by and get a plate? (laughs) And she said, Well, of course, that's what grandmas do. And so she gave him the address and Thanksgiving morning, just before dinner at lunch, Jamal shows up. But not only did Wanda prepare a plate to give to Jamal, she invited Jamal in. And a place was made at their Thanksgiving table for this 17-year-old black kid from the other side of the street into Wanda's family. And they shared Thanksgiving dinner together. The thing went viral, and everybody was talking about it. And afterwards, Jamal was asked about that encounter, and here's what he said. He said, I'm thankful for all the nice people in the world. I've never met, I'd never met her, and yet she welcomed me into her house. So that shows me how great of a person she is. That's loving outside. Your circle. How many of you know Francis Smith? You probably do. You just don't. You just don't realize it yet. Francis is an institution in this town. If you have seen an African American uh, woman riding around on a little scooter downtown, maintaining uh, parking. Uh, violations one what. That's, that's Frances. But that's not really what makes her so special. Frances for 43 years has been uh, the, uh, the crossing guard at Elm Street Elementary School just a couple blocks from here. She says she knows every child's name. I thought that was fascinating. Some of you probably crossed the street with her assistant. And then she should go over to Noonan uh, High School. For 43 years she's been doing this. She was... Uh, selected to be the grand marshal for the noon and Christmas parade just a couple of weekends ago. Do you know why she was selected to be the grand marshal? Because the leadership of the town recognized that here is a person who loves outside her circle. Her and her husband have done something fascinating. Years ago, when they lost their own son, tragically, they decided that they they had lots of love to give to children. So they made a decision to start foster parenting. And she told me the other day that since they started doing that several years ago, that they provided foster care for over 100 children. Now, she can't provide a whole lot of foster care now because she and her husband have eight adopted children. Now, now get this, two in elementary school, two in middle school, two in high school, and two in college. Now, you'll see Frances a lot around the church during December because uh, she tells the police department, don't count on me a whole lot during December because she pretty much runs the Project Joy program here in Coweta County, which provides Christmas presents to hundreds, if not thousands, of underprivileged kids in this town. She's an amazing person. Now, I'm not suggesting that we compete with Frances Smith, because to be perfectly honest, I don't think any of us could. But what I am suggesting is that we learn from her the importance of loving outside our circle. What if loving outside your circle became one of the ways you celebrated Christmas? What if you spent December deciding, who do I want to bless, and how do I want to bless someone outside my circle this Christmas? I don't know, but something tells me that that's going to do something in your heart and enable you to have perhaps the best Christmas you've ever had. But back to our scripture real quickly. Turns out, loving outside our circle is not only a a good suggestion for how to do Christmas Turns out, it does a whole lot more. What happens when you love outside your circle? According to this passage, two things. You fulfill Christ's purpose for your life. That's huge. You fulfill Christ's purpose for your life. Now, how do I know that? When Jesus is describing His second coming. His return to the world again. What's the first thing he focuses on? He says, I want to know. Did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the naked? Did you care for the sick? Did you give something to drink to those that are thirsty? His first priority was to find out Who among his people were living out their purpose and loving outside their circle? And then secondly, you know what else happens when that becomes the way we do life and the way we do Christmas? You secure your home with Christ forever. We're not saved by works that we do. We're saved by grace through faith. But over and over, Jesus always made it clear. Faith that is real, faith that is authentic, is always expressed through works of faith. If you go on to read the rest of this passage... Jesus says to those on the right to the sheep, He says to those who have practiced loving outside their circle, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. For as much as you have done those things to the least of these, you have done it unto me. There's a week left before Christmas. Have Have you decided yet how you're going to love outside your circle? If not, give some thought to it. You know, I have this vision of what if Christmas. We bemoan what Christmas has become. A lot of us. I have this vision. What if, what if the people of God called God's church? Came to see Christmas as an opportunity to love outside our circle. What if this town of Noonan and this country of America, what if the world was just blown away because at Christmas time they saw Christians intentionally giving and sharing and doing for people in need? It might change some folks' attitudes about Christmas. Maybe some of the folks that are currently trying to ban it, trying to say, don't say Merry Christmas, they might have a whole new perspective about this Christmas thing. They may think, wow, if that's what Christmas does in the lives of people, bring it on. Let's celebrate it more than ever before. How will you love outside your circle? Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much right now for the people in our circle. We love them. They are precious to us. And Lord, we hope that this Christmas, every one of the folks in our circle will know how much we value them and love them and appreciate them. Oh God, we also pray that you'd expand our vision find those people who don't have a circle and find a way to love them and in so doing not only are we honoring you but our own experience of this thing we call Christmas will take on more joy and completeness than ever before in the name and spirit of Christ who loved outside His circle and brought us into His circle. In His name and in His Spirit we pray. Amen.